It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Bonnie Elchie coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in the city of Calgary, Alberta. Tenacious, vibrant, and bold, Amanda Hamilton and her studio offer more than just interior design services. As an accomplished creative entrepreneur with an adventurous spirit, Amanda continuously strives to carve out an aspirational and unorthodox path in the industry, making her one of Canada's most influential cultural personalities. Welcome to the show, Amanda, and thanks for taking the time to be here today for all our listeners. Of course. Thanks so much, Bonnie, for having me. I feel like I want to start my day every day with you giving me that intro. It makes me feel good. Well, hey, you have accomplished a lot, and uh, it was a real treat to to do some research on your career. So, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and and about your current business? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Amanda Hamilton, obviously, and um, I have my own interior design studio. Um, Amanda Hamilton Interior Design. And we're actually celebrating 10 years this year, which uh, just sounds crazy to me when I think about uh, all the things that we've done over the last decade. But I've actually been practicing interior design for closer to about uh, 15 years. And I freelanced for a couple of years before starting um, AHID, as we shorten it. And um, I'm also the founder of Palette Archives, which is a new startup I launched last August. And it's an e-commerce-based business that provides designer curated finishes and materials palettes um, sort of to the general public and we ship those finishes and materials right to your door. So just really taking advantage um, and providing services to another niche of the market that wouldn't normally be able to hire an interior designer. So in many ways, I do call myself a creative entrepreneur because um, I've sort of learned over you know the last decade that my love for all things creative is only rivaled by my love of all things business related. How did you finance your companies um, to get started? Because that's often one of the biggest challenges for entrepreneurs who have great ideas, but mm-hmm. they don't know how to organize the finances in such a way to, to launch their business. Um, yes, there is a very uh, great bank, local bank, called the Bank of Amanda Hamilton. Um, (laughs) so I actually, um, never took any financing to, um, start, um, our interior design studio. Um, it was all just sort of, uh, I guess, blood, sweat and tears at the beginning. There are, you know, minimal costs in starting up a consulting business. I mean, really some of the biggest expenses we would have, um, would be our office space and sort of our computers and some of the technology that goes into that. So you know, the startup costs themselves are quite low. Um, Whereas with Palette Archives that just launched, you know, we are sort of in that phase right now of looking for fundraising because it requires a much uh, larger, you know, marketing uh, dollar to be put to it to sort of get it off the ground. And there was a lot of, you know, technology that needed to be put into developing the website and that still needs to be done. So, you know, for the most part, um, our interior design studio has funded Palette Archives, but um, the interior design studio has always just been funded funded by me, basically just funneling money back into the business. 
Where do you hope to go in the future? Do you have a long-term vision? I, I guess for both companies, it sounds like yeah. they're somewhat interrelated. So what's your vision and where are you going? You know, my business coach tried to ask me this, like, I don't know, probably about two months ago. And I was like, I don't, I can't even answer this question. It's, you know, it's tough. I really struggle with these sort of um, ideas of setting a five to 10 year plan, because if I had done that five to 10 years ago, I'm, I'm nowhere near where I thought I was going to be today, right? So much has changed. But I would say that um, I, I have a strong passion for interior design, but I, I definitely can see myself moving in a position of really nurturing more of the business side. I have a passion for helping young entrepreneurs and young women who are interested in you know, creative industries. And I guess in many ways, Palette Archive sort of is that succession plan. Um, it provides me with uh, more opportunity to I guess, be able to work from, from wherever I am in the world, which is, you know, the biggest struggle when you have your name on the door in a local business, especially in an, in an interior design business, you know, it's very visual, it's hands-on, um, clients like to meet, you know, in person. So, you know, at some point you're only as good as however many hours you can work in a day, right? So you max out on how many clients you can actually touch in the course of your career. And I, I think Palette Archives being more e-commerce based means that I get to I get to influence more people, educate more people about interior design and ultimately help them, which is sort of, you know, now that I've been in my career for over 10 years, I'm sort of moving on to this place where I really see myself being a mentor to other people and um, really want to sort of nurture that part of, 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 you know, what I, what I want out of my business. And having had a business in Calgary for a number of years, what do you see and what do you tell other aspiring entrepreneurs are some of the benefits of doing business here? Well, you know, Calgary's been so interesting. So I started um, AHID in August of 2009. So like we were at the base of the recession, like it was not good in Calgary. Um, and I left a cushy job where I was getting great work and had a lot, a lot of job security. Um, but the thing is, is the, what I found through the recession is that it forces entrepreneurs to be more creative. Um, it forces them to challenge themselves. And I also think the benefit of the recession in Calgary has, you know, or the many recessions that we've been through, I think it's been three now in the last decade, is that it's actually forced our clients to be more savvy with their money. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Like, I know we could all joke around like being like, oh, let's go back to, you know, 2005, 2006 and when things were booming. But I don't think that that's sustainable. And I think that the recession in Calgary's economy has really taught people how to be smart about their business and how to be smart with their money and what it means to struggle and come out of that. Because any entrepreneur that has been through these recessions like we have, you know, you understand that you really have to be creative and really focus on customer service. Um, you know, be creative with your numbers and your team and, and really watch. And that's not a bad thing. If we ask about the flip side of that, are there any key challenges that you coach people to watch out for or just things that you've, you know, experienced over, over your career here? Mm-hmm. I think I think one of the biggest things that any smaller boutique business or consulting business um, can deal with is obviously cash flow, right? And there's these sort of ebbs and flows of money coming in and money going out. And um, I recently read a really fantastic book. Um, it was called uh, Profit First. 
And, you know, the goal is not when times are good to just throw money out the door, right? That that's actually when you should be being more careful with your money and you should almost be treating your money at that time exactly as you would if things were tight. Because what ends up happening is, you know, you get on this high of like money's coming in, we can do all of these things. But what you really need to do is make sure that you're putting that money aside to sort of float yourself through the times when maybe a project gets canceled or a client hasn't paid on time or you're waiting on sign off on something. You just can't predict what the market is going to be like. And every time I think things are good, something happens where it's not so great and vice versa, right? Like just when you're like starting to get worried about things, you know, you get 15 calls for new projects. So there's in our, at least in our industry, it's not super cyclical. There's no trends really about when we get busy. So you have to be really savvy um, with the type of, type of work that you're taking on and how it's going to sort of take you through those, those periods of time. Well, I think that's great advice. Now, Amanda, I'd like to shift gears and, and talk to you a little bit more about some of your personal habits and routines. Where do you like to go when you leave the office and you just want to find a favorite place in Calgary to get rejuvenated, inspired? Maybe it's a place you go to think about your business. Do you have a spot that's, that's special to you that way? I have many spots. And what's so funny about this, Bonnie, is I was literally out for, I think it was breakfast on Friday morning and having a meeting with my publicist. And somebody saw me and they said, every time I see you in a restaurant, you have your laptop open. <laughs> so I, I spend a lot of time in restaurants. Um, one of my new favorite ones is Pigeonhole on 17th Avenue, just started doing breakfast. And they're doing it during the week. So um, I've sort of switched my Friday morning meetings. I spend Friday working on a lot of business development um, and sort of marketing. And so I've switched my meetings to Pigeonhole because they have the most amazing pancakes there. And they just also happen to be gluten-free. I am telling you, I'm telling all of the listeners right now, this will be the best pancake you've ever had. It's so good. But uh, I, a lot of a lot of restaurants. So uh, I really like the Tea House, um, which is underneath Two Penny. On Wednesdays, they do you know Wu Tang and wings, and it's you know I can kind of you know, use my laptop like later at night there. I'll, I'll sit up at the bar. Um, I go to Cardinal quite a bit, and and sort of do a bit of work there. But honestly, I would say my favorite place to be is my living room. I'm not home very often, so it's actually nice to sit on my sofa and read a book and relax and just like sit in the sun in my space. It's, it's something that I've really started to gravitate towards now just because both my husband and I are entrepreneurs and we're never home. And so actually being home is really nice. It's often the best place to rejuvenate and rest, isn't it? Yeah. And obviously travel, of course. Like, I mean, we work a lot. Um, you know, the average person might work 40 hours a week. Entrepreneurs, you know, are sometimes putting in 60 to 80 plus hours a week. So Taking, I take quarterly retreats to um, just sort of rejuvenate, work on personal projects, work projects. And then you come back and you're a much better version of yourself for your clients. So Amanda, what does the first hour of the day look like for you? Do you have some specific routines or rituals that you use to, to set your day? I've really been working on morning rituals. I went through sort of a three or four months period of time where all I did was read books about how to develop really great habits and rituals. So I wake up any time between five and six. It really depends on what was going on the night before and what my sleep was like. Um, I wake up between five and six and I uh, go to the gym. I work with a personal trainer one-on-one, then come back, 
get ready. I usually listen to a podcast while I'm getting ready. It's, it's sort of like, you know, turning your bathroom into, uh, into a university, if you will. Um, you know, you're spending, you know, anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes and they're getting ready. So I, I can easily get through a podcast or two during that time. And I've really been forcing myself to eat breakfast. I think, again, entrepreneurs get so busy. They sometimes put themselves at the, you know, the bottom of the totem pole. And, you know, so the idea is that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm getting nourishment before I actually get into the office so that I can, again, be sort of the best version of myself, um, for my team. And, um, and also some, sometimes my mornings will, um, you know, start with meditation. It really depends on sort of how eager I am to get into the office. Cause sometimes I'm just like 5am. I'm like, I just want to get down to the office and get onto my computer. So you mentioned podcasts. Do you have a favorite that you'd recommend to our, our listeners? Oh my gosh. I knew, I knew you were going to ask this, Bonnie. Um, yeah, I really love um, podcasts on health and wellness. Um, I've been listening a lot lately to um, Aubrey Marcus is a big one. I like Quick Brain with Jim Quick, which sort of teaches you some really great sort of like mental tricks, you know, to remember things a little bit better. Um, oh my gosh, who else? My um, business coach, Allison, um, just started the Art of Strategy podcast, which is fantastic. Um, Model Health Show, Lewis Howes, Tim Ferriss, you know, sort of, you know, in the entrepreneurship and sort of health and wellness realm is, is where I spend most of my time. And then, of course, I found out about you guys. So I've actually been listening to a lot of your podcasts recently. Yeah, it's nice to hear from Canadian entrepreneurs. Well, and you know, that's the goal is, is to get people learning from each other across the country. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and within your own city too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. A bit of online networking for sure. In terms of books, you mentioned earlier that uh, you like to read as well. So do you have some books that mm-hmm. you'd recommend to our, our listeners? Yeah. So one of the, the best books that I have ever read was Mavericks at Work by William Taylor. It's all about disruption. And what I thought was really interesting about that is um, it looks at other industries. So I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we get focused on what our direct competitors are doing. And it, it sort of creates this, you know, f- like funnel or tunnel vision of, of we're only looking at what our competitors are doing. But there's, but there's entrepreneurs in all sorts of different industries that are kind of, for lack of a better word, you know, thinking outside of the box. And I just think that that book did a really great job of communicating how you could do things differently. And it, and it actually sort of, um, inspired Palette Archive. So these ideas were funneling around in my head, um, but they weren't making sense yet. And after I read that book is when I had, you know, what I call one of two epiphanies that I've had in my life where I'm like, oh my goodness, this thing doesn't exist. Palette Archives doesn't exist. I look at it sort of like the Uber for the interior design industry. So that was a really great book. And then another one I finished re- recently was um, essentially by Greg um, Kulin. And I feel like that's a must read for everyone. It's, it's, you know, really about how to live with less, but I think it's more than that. I think it's about being comfortable with, you know, who you are at the core, what you're giving back to the world, um, just, just living a simpler life. So it's not necessarily, you know, throwing away all of your belongings or anything like that. It's, it's really about essentialism sort of of the mind. I thought that was a really, really great book as well. I have a whole long list. Well, those are, those are great <laughs> recommendations. So. Yeah, yeah. What about in terms of online tools or, or what do you use in your office and in your day-to-day work that help keep you efficient and productive? I'm sort of an efficiency 
uh, like hack. Like I need, I need to take advantage of like every minute in the day. And truthfully, I wish there was just like one piece of technology. So if anyone's listening and they can create this, that would be fantastic. Um, but we recently switched over. We were using Basecamp for years, which is fantastic, but we switched over to Team Gantt um, so that we'd really be able to um, maximize the hours in the day and be able to create sophisticated schedules for our projects. Um, we also use Slack in the office, which you know is, is a messaging platform, but what we were finding is that there are different work types in our office, and some of us really struggle when we're being interrupted. So Slack allows us to communicate without, you know, shouting things out through the office, which can be a real problem when you're in a smaller office. There's seven of us. We're in a smaller space. It's really easy to just look up from your computer and sort of blurt out a question, which can be really disruptive. So um, we use that. And um, 15.5 is the other one we just started using. And so that's actually software that allows us to track our OKRs and our KPIs. And it also, um, if you get the upgraded version, allows you to do all of your reviews there. I really love having everything written down cleanly and stored in a space that's easy to find. It just, when I think about how many hours I waste in a day looking for information on, on email, it kills me. Like the, the further I can get away from email, the better. And I've actually sort of resorted back to taking telephone calls now because you just get more done. And then outside of that, of course, you know, as an in, uh, interior design studio, we use Instagram a lot because it's so visual and, you know, that's what our, our clients love. And it's also a way to communicate as well. So it's, it's kind of everything all wrapped up into one. So if you weren't doing what you do now in the interior design world, what would you like to do for a profession? Oh my goodness. That's, that's a good question. I, I feel like I've sort of made that jump already. You know, I'm sort of, it is interior design, but I'm moving more into sort of a startup mindset with Palette Archives. But I feel like there's a lot of crossover in the creative industries. I love strategy. So I could see maybe working in this sort of PR and marketing world. Um, I even think sort of event management, there's a lot of crossover there. So I could see being there. You know, television is another thing. I do a lot of you know, speaking opportunities and moderating panels, and so I also um, enjoy that. But it's it's so it's so tough to imagine. I I know the things that I I wouldn't do. <laughs> well, and that is my next question. If, there, if there's something that you just you know you know that that would never be in your wheelhouse, and mm-hmm. it's a job you would not like to do. It's, it's funny. So growing up, there were a lot of things that I'm glad I didn't get into. Um, and I, I have huge respect for those careers, but I just know that they would be such a struggle. But one of the ones, and I have friends that I adore who are in this business and we obviously work a lot with them, but I couldn't be a real estate agent. I couldn't do it. I think that it takes a special type of person um, to be on demand 24-7. I always say I'm kind of a bit of an uh, extrovert stuck in an introvert's body. Um, I really have worked hard to have boundaries with my evenings and my weekends. And my friends who are in that industry, man, they they work so hard all day long. And then they're showing houses in the evening. And then they're working on Saturdays because that's when people are free. And, you know, they're, they're doing deals at like, you know, midnight or one o'clock in the morning. It takes a special person. And again, I've got friends in that industry, but I am just like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So in, in business, Amanda, do you have like a favorite quote or saying that is kind of your mantra or something that you go back to, to, to help keep you focused? Yeah, I've got a few, um, I was listening to a few podcasts recently and I can't even remember who, what, what it was, but obviously the famous 
Nike quote, just do it. I know it sounds so cliche, but when you're like, I don't want to make my bed, I don't want to go to the gym, I don't, you right? It's just like, just do it. Like, just do it. Just stop talking about it and just do it. And um, my husband actually started saying in the morning, it's a non-negotiable. So, you know, it's like, if you set your alarm for 5.30 and you're pressing snooze 15 times, which is usually what I do, it's like non-negotiable. Get out of bed. So it's these sort of mantras that I really like to repeat to myself that I find really helpful. A client of mine years ago also said, you know, eat problems for breakfast. And I changed that to eat problems for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because as an entrepreneur, you're going to have stuff flying at you all the time. You're always going to be putting out fires. You're always going to be solving problems and you need to do it head on. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. You no longer stress about it anymore. You just realize that's, that's part of your day. How would you describe yourself? Well, I guess you said it in my bio best. I would say probably tenacious, driven. Um, I think most people would probably say about me, like they don't understand where I get my energy from. And I think it's because um, I am truly in a profession that I love. I, I actually do feel quite honored to wake up every day and never feel like, oh, I don't want to go into the office. I love seeing my team every day. I love what I'm doing. It's very challenging. And I've, I've created a career for myself. I've defined my role. And that would be another piece of advice I would you know, give to entrepreneurs is, is to build a position for yourself that best utilizes um, your strengths so that you can wake up every morning doing what you, lo- you love. If you don't feel that way in the morning, you're in the wrong job. You're not, you, and you spend more time, as you know, with the people you work with than with your own family. So you better love what you're doing every day if you're going there and spending that much time doing it. So one of the things entrepreneurs often struggle with is just being able to wind down and, and you know, shut their mind off at night. Mm-hmm. You, are you one of those people that uh, has things running through your mind at night or what keeps you up? You know, Bonnie, I used to be. I think I have worked really hard to set boundaries. I think that's really important. One of the things that I did, and I know it sounds crazy, is I actually got myself another cell phone and another cell phone number. So I have a work cell phone and a personal cell phone. In my work cell phone at nighttime, it gets plugged in. I do not check my email. I do not look at it. I do not look at text messages. And I do the same thing over the weekend. And on my personal phone, I have no work-related things. So I don't have Slack. I don't have Team Gant. I don't have email. Just because by nature, you know, we can't help ourselves sometimes, right? So creating sort of boundaries for yourself when you know that you can't do that um, helps. And so I actually have really learned to shut off. But I think that that has a lot to do with how I manage my schedule. I really make sure to schedule time in for myself, for my friends, for my family, exercise is a really big thing for me. I, I can't imagine going more than a few days without you know, getting a sweat on. It's just such a great release. And you're so focused on working out that you can't think about anything else. That doesn't mean that I never have sleepless nights because I think we all have stresses in any industry and in any job we work in, but they're less and less so, which, which is really, really great. Sleep is so important. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... What is on your inspired life list, Amanda? Like, what are some of the things that you would like to achieve in the, in the next few years, either personally or professional? Mm. Can you give us your top three? For sure. Um, I'm working on a book right now, and I've actually been working on it for a couple of years, but really, really seriously focused on it right now. 
Um, people always ask what it is. And I sort of say it's like a satirical self-memoir or memoir that, uh, you know, has business advice woven into it. You know, I, obviously I'm hopeful it'll get published and who knows if that will still be what it looks like when it gets published. But I've always loved to write. I've been writing since I was very little. And um, I go back to that comment I made about creating a career for yourself that works, you know, just because I didn't decide to be a writer, you know, um, once I graduated university doesn't mean that I still can't um, follow that passion. So that's definitely something that I'm working on. I'd really like to somehow get involved, you know, in, in some television opportunities. You know, I think that there's such a great market to give back to people um, from an entrepreneurship. I know there's a lot of interior design shows and I'm, I'm less interested in those and more interested in in maybe an opportunity that would allow me to, you know, show in a real way what entrepreneurship looks like for, for people and to give them the tools um, that they need across the board. So not just marketing, not just money, not just, you know, how you represent your brand and that, but like really a full spectrum. And I'm going to say complete financial freedom. That would be um, a definite goal. I think, you know, 10 years in business has taught me a lot about the value of being responsible with your money. And I'd like to be in a position where, you know, it's, it's never a thing that I, I really have to think about, but you know, it, it's, it's always a challenge when you're running a business cash flow and projects coming in and out. That's always something you have to think about. So I think that that would be a, those three would be really good in the next, how about we just say year, Bonnie? Can we say year? That is really ambitious. <laughs> Absolutely. You can say a year. <laughs> oh, I mean, one of them, I think for sure a year, the other two, I might have some more time to work on, but yeah, I guess if I'm being honest, those would probably be the three that I'm, I'm focused on right now for sure. Amanda, we have a lot of international listeners. And so mm-hmm. I'm hoping you can answer this next question with them in mind. Imagine that you had to start all over again and you were moving to Calgary for the first time. You didn't know anybody here. How would you get started? Like what advice could you pass along to somebody who's either planning to move here mm-hmm. or has recently moved and is looking to launch a business? Just do it. <laughs> um, you know, what you're just saying is very true. So when I, I grew up in Edmonton and I, I, I went to the University of Alberta for two years and then um, came to Calgary to get my degree. They didn't have a degree, pro, a degree program for interior design. So that's why I moved to Calgary. And then, you know, ended up loving the city. But when I moved here, I literally did not know a single soul. I had sort of a connection through one person who I met up with like once, but I really didn't know anyone. But I think if you were you were coming to Calgary, the best thing you can do is get um, get involved in organizations, right? So whether it's a startup organization, organization or a women's organization or entrepreneurship, you know, you meet some fantastic people. Like I joined um, EO, the entrepreneurship organization, um, this year, and man, the amount of people that I have met in six months of being an EO and the um, presenters that I've been able to listen to and sit across the table from and have you know, their books and their sort of mind, that is the best thing that you can do. And, and then that way you're able to sort of network with people, though I kind of hate the word networking. Um, it, it is a way though to meet people in the community, especially starting off in a certain industry. Well, this next question, Amanda, is a bit more hypothetical. Um, we okay. ask all of our guests. So I'd like you to imagine there's a small tropical island just off of Fiji 
and it only has one phone and it's even that traditional old style phone booth. <laughs> There's no internet, so you're not going to have access to any devices. We'll drop you off there and at any time you can signal us to come pick you up in the boat and your time will be done. I'm just curious, how long would you stay there and what would you do while you were there? Well, first of all, this sounds absolutely magical. I'm going to call it my sabbatical. That's what I'll call it. Um, I think I probably would stay there as long as it took for me to, to really feel fully rejuvenated and in like the best shape of my life. So maybe three months. And I know that probably sounds crazy because people go, what about your family? What about your friends? I just think that we spend so little time actually focused on ourselves. We give a lot of ourselves to other people that three months is a very small price to pay to have your mental health and your physical health be at its sort of peak performance, right? So I'm going to say three months and I want to come back with, with some abs and a really great tan and all the, the sleep restored in my body. That sounds perfect. <laughs> uh, that could be on your inspired life list too, hey? <laughs> I think it sounds magical. I've always had this, like, I sort of fantasize about being able to do a sabbatical, but like you can't, you can't do that really as a business owner unless, you know, you, I think you have sort of, a, you know, somebody very senior in your business. When your name is on the door, you can't just sort of take off. But I definitely, I definitely fantasize about this magical island you're talking about in Fiji. Was there anything else, Amanda, you'd like to say before we wrap things up today or any other advice you have for entrepreneurs here in Calgary? Um, I think, yeah, if people just want to reach out, I'm, um, I'm on Instagram at Ahid Studio and at Amanda M. Hamilton. And of course, you guys can reach us online at amandahamiltondesign.com and palettearchives.com. So happy to answer questions and really be a resource for people either getting into the industry, into your design industry, or, you know, even entrepreneurs. And heck, if anyone wants to invest in Palette Archives, go ahead and drop me an email. Perfect. <laughs> Why not? I mean, right? Uh, totally, totally. Yeah. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for being a guest today. It was really great to have you on the show and I've learned a lot from you. I know our listeners will really enjoy this uh, interview as well. For sure. Thanks so much, Bonnie. I really appreciate it. Hey there, it's Bonnie LG. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters. And if you have a minute, please write us a review on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.